0: Thanks for tuning in to the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack. I'm your host, LB Diver, and this is your Chamber Run. This is going to be short segments that we're going to feature divers, diver news, gear, tech, and anything else that we have seen pertinent. So let's get right into it. Many of you uh, know that I had COVID 19 in the beginning of December, and uh, it was a terrible sickness, very difficult to get through. It's part of the reason why we got behind on uh, putting out episodes, but I'm sure everybody understands. I was sick for about three weeks. I had a real bad fever for 10 days, had the body aches, uh, muscle aches. I pretty much laid in bed, uh, couldn't eat, didn't eat. Uh, I took in just fluids, uh, water, and a uh, Pedialyte mostly. I was severely dehydrated. Um, I couldn't keep anything down, so everything that went in came out immediately. So real tough to get through those first 10 days. Started to feel a little bit better, and then... Uh, the fever started going down, but shortly after that, about day thirteen, uh, the fever came back. So eventually, uh, I found out that I ended up getting pneumonia because of the COVID, and uh, my oxygen levels were very low. I was running at a uh, eighty-four to eighty-six at certain points, my blood oxygen levels. So it's getting pretty low. Um, it was very concerning. I uh, had to do. Uh, had to use supplemental oxygen, and with Antibiotics and oxygen therapy, I was able to get better. Um, the recovery took a little bit longer, too. I stayed out of the water for about a month after getting sick, so now I've since returned to diving in my full capacity. But while I was sick, I had these uh, thoughts going through my head. You know, I didn't know whether or not I was going to be able to dive anymore. The lungs got so bad at points where I felt that you know, my career was pretty much over. So you got this terrible sickness you're dealing with. And then you've got these depressing thoughts that keep creeping into your head. So it makes for a pretty, pretty bad time. One of the things I did want to share with everybody is that there are guidelines for, uh, on fitness for diving after COVID-19. And I wanted to, I'm not going to go through them, but I just want to let you guys know that the guidelines are out there. So if you're wondering the same thing, what I need to do uh, after I get sick in order to get back to a you know, back in the dive rotation. So some of the agencies that have uh, put out guidance for diving after uh, COVID-19, they're the the Belgian Hyperbaric Medicine Society. They have guidance. The uh, University of California, San Diego has guidelines. The U.S. Physicians Diving Advisory Committee, the U.K. Diving Medical Committee, and the Diving Medical Advisory Committee. They all have a guidance on returning to uh, diving after COVID. So just search those uh, agencies, search diving after COVID on the internet, and, and you'll be able to find uh, find everything you need. Just wanted to make you aware that those guidelines are out there. And that brings us to our uh, diver spotlight. So this diver spotlight, we have uh, Matt Keffer. He is a, a scientific uh, scientific environmental diver. He's a recent commercial diving graduate. He's been diving for about a year now, and he was able to find a pretty good company that uh, he likes working for, and uh, he's having a blast doing it. So here's Matt. All right, so we got a uh, we got Matt on. He's a diver out of uh, where are you from, Matt? Give us a little rundown.
1: So uh, I'm originally from Mississippi, right outside Memphis, Tennessee. Um, I was born here, raised here, went in the military. Uh, went to New Jersey and then was stationed there for two and a half years and then uh, came back home, take care of my mom. Uh, she was terminally uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer. So I came back here to take care of her. And then once she passed, um, I went to dive school after that up in Divers Institute in Seattle. And then from there, I went to Conroe, Texas to do underwater, uh, do construction diving with g Marine. And then from there, I went to now, where I'm at, the company I'm with now is EcoAnalysis out of St. Louis, Missouri.
0: So I thought that was pretty interesting. You're with a, I, I looked a little bit at the company. It's an environmental company. Um, so we have all kinds of divers. And, and that's a thing that they don't really tell you about in dive school, right, Matt?
1: No, not at all. I had no clue about, they pretty much told us it was either inland construction or offshore with the oil oil platforms.
0: Right, so it was kind of shocking, I'm sure, for you to find out. You know, you're making the calls, you're trying to get on jobs, construction, offshore, doing the whole thing. And then, yeah, uh, uh, how did you get into environmental diving, and, and what is it even?
1: So I was, so I went to, I was 10619, which means I went in in June. And uh, a buddy of mine from 105 that I hung out with a lot, and he got a tip off about the company. He started working for it, and I saw him on Facebook. These were Facebook friends, and. I was like, Hey man, what are you doing? Like, what type of diving is that? And he kind of went into it. He, they do freshwater mussel research. So it's basically like a clam. Uh, it's the whole clam shell animal inside, but it's called a freshwater mussel. This company pretty much is just like, uh, like you would see on the national geographic channel where like they, they preserve, they, they gender them, they age them and do all the tracking of them to make sure they survive through this our environment today. And when you build any sort of infrastructure on the water, you affect the habitat and they are a crucial part of the ecosystem. So this company comes in and is hired in by these construction companies to survey them, make sure there's nothing endangered there. If there is, then what is the safe alternative for them? And so divers go in and did samples. Well, it's called quadrats, which is a one meter squared with a basket on it. And you basically did inside that one meter square and grab a sample and it helps give an overlay of the, of the bottom type and what they call um, the sediment and the um, substrate. And so my, I saw my buddy do it, you know, due to COVID last year, diving was hit or miss for me being a new diver. Of course, you know, you're always trying to push making your mark. And I heard about this company. They were looking for divers. They had a big project coming up in Millen, Illinois, and they needed more divers. And I said, well, heck yeah, man, sign me up. And so he brought me on. They took me out and trained me. And so we did what's called a quadrat, which is what I just mentioned. And then we did transit lines, which is you lay a hundred meter long line underwater and you go and there's 10 meter intervals and, and they're tied off in knots. And you just go in the pitch black, just searching through with your hands, looking for anything that you think could be a freshwater muscle. And that just is trying to go back to what animals are down there. What's, you know, it's all going to quantitative or qualitative sampling to make sure we're not hurting this ecosystem, this fragile ecosystem that's down in the rivers that I certainly never knew was down there. And I don't know if you as a diver have ever thought there could be, you know, animals in this. sub. what we're stepping on, I, I certainly never thought of it. Right.
0: And I think it's really cool that they're using commercial divers to do this. Now, what are some of the dangers that you might encounter doing, doing what you're doing?
1: So, it's inherently dangerous in the fact of there's debris there's a lot of debris because they map the way they take these surveys is they pull up a a google map and they put gps points down they have no idea what's down there what's in the river is it even on a water position that's happened numerous times so numerous times me and my buddy we've dropped down on trees barrels glass sometimes it's straight bedrock where we'll hit and then we just take off with the current because in the mississippi river the currents it's not white undiveable, but it's definitely, I'm glad I have an umbilical because that's definitely my, like a safety line um, to the surface. And I have unlimited air and I ain't worried about having to be restricted on air. Um, I definitely have done some dives on scuba, but the dives I've done on scuba have been in like chest deep water and I needed to go down more than a breath hold.
0: Right on. That's good to hear, man. That's That's great that you're happy. You know doing the type of work you're doing and uh it, it takes searching you know sometimes it'll fall in your lap like it did did for you you know for right. the most part but you still had to had to search out for it as well right. so um when you first told me about diving for muscles i'm thinking this guy's diving with a bunch of nerds like what's the kind of uh you know atmosphere that you got going on there is it is it real sure. down serious nerdy like like i'm thinking of my brain or is it kind of loose and
1: fun? So yeah, it's a good that. it's a good mixture, and I'll, I'll be honest with you. We got two newer biologists that have master's degrees, and um, it's called. Um, I'm going to butcher this, and I apologize now. Malacology is there is their official title, yeah, and I don't it's cares it's if an, you butcher that <laughs> they do. They trust me. They crack me every time. It's hilarious. And there's a there's a running joke saying they're they're a male gynecologist. It's 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 very lighthearted. It's like they're very nerdy. But somehow they take the nerdiness and make it very fun, very lighthearted. They make jokes, and it's like you said, we we show up with t shirt shorts, and board, you know, and tennis shoes, and we all have crack up, good time. But yet we we'll do sixty to seventy quadrats, you know, in a day with two divers, which is a ton, and you know, just of water temp circumstances. So not only we're we having a good time we're also getting the job done. And I, uh, for what I've been told and that we're, we're not only doing the job, we're doing the job above what they expected. So pleasant atmosphere to work in and really makes me want to push hard as a diver to go that extra mile. And
0: all right, Matt, so that was pretty cool, man. So again, uh, this is another type of diving that, you know, they don't really tell you about in school. Do you have any words for people just coming out of fresh out of school? I know you've been only diving for a year or so, but I'm sure you've learned quite a bit, you know, your eyes have been open now stepping out on the diving world and, you know, you've been able to get some dives under your belt. You know, what's, what's some of the advice to, for some of the other fresh, fresh guys that are coming
1: I, out? I'll say at least two things. Um, I will harp on the cliche thing of chase the money, chase the job. Um, when they say that that's so true and um, do it, you know I mean? If you got a job possibility and you're not sure if you can go take the leap and go, because I did that with me. I literally packed my motorcycle and had a few, uh, you know, some money to my name. I had the bike; was the cheapest way to get there. Went to the job site and found a very rewarding job. So chase, chase the job. If you hear about it and you're not sure to go, go on it. Um, and as far as new divers, just be a sponge and know that you can be a valuable asset to any team. No matter if you're one year in or 20 years in, you can still be a very valuable asset and very much be with a crew and go get some royal tail with any job and any job site you can be on. So don't be afraid that you're not a you're insignificant just because you're new.
0: Exactly. And uh another thing too you want to remember too is uh ask questions, you know, find find the older guy that's been diving for a little bit more and uh talk to them, ask questions. It's really important to kind of find a mentor in the trade. Right. You know, so and I'm sure you've kind of kind of found that a little bit too, Matt. That's why you've been able to uh to get a couple hitches with the company that you're with now. Right. You know, they they seem to enjoy how you work and you seem to work hard for them and you know, you're able to to kind of find your find your little niche so
1: far i think i have
0: wish you the best i appreciate it wish you well and uh thanks thanks for jumping on this diver spotlight
1: appreciate it have a good one
0: that was great meeting with matt and talking with him it's it's always refreshing to find a young passionate diver and uh i wish him the best and uh stay safe out there matt now for some diver news this is news out of australia uh three divers have received uh payouts in the millions, the uh, amount is not disclosed, but they said it was in the millions of dollars. And uh, this was related to Australia's deepest commercial dive. This uh, was in 2017, and they were sent down to repair a pipeline in uh, 273 meters, and that's the equivalent of 895 feet. So that was the deepest uh, deepest commercial operation in Australian history. So it had been revealed they allegedly been lowered to depths much faster than advised. And as a result, they suffer from permanent brain damage, leaving them unable to work. Divers uh, claim they had been suffering acute symptoms of high-pressure neurological syndrome, including symptoms such as hallucinations, nausea, headaches, tremors, and cognitive impairment. So, um, this is permanent brain damage these these divers have, and uh, at least now with this payout, their families will be taken care of, and they'll be able to uh, to live a little bit more comfortably. Given uh, they wish they had their their. Uh, their full, full cognitive abilities, obviously, but we wish their families the best and I wish them a speedy recovery. This was taken from an article from a switched on to safety is the article. So we have some news out of the States. Uh, this is news coming from ADCI, the association of uh, diving contractors international. Um, one bit of news is that, uh, underwater interventions, which is a diver's expo that's held every year in New Orleans, Louisiana, in the U.S. That's uh, They're saying they're going to be moving that around from year to year. So it's no longer just going to be solely in Louisiana at New Orleans. Uh, they're going to move it to uh, different states and different cities. So tentatively, the next one is a set for Santa Barbara. More news out of the ADCI. The new consensus standards are out. That's ADCI revisions 6.4. And a revision 6.4, I'm just going to go through the gap analysis real quick between 6.3 and 6.4. They've changed a couple of things. Uh, They have new language in Section 3.4. It says that all ADCI-certified supervisors must take the NITROX endorsement exam to supervise NITROX diving operations, and that's related to a surface-supplied air diving supervisor. Uh, The same language is in Section 4.4.4 under training, NITROX training. Section 5.32 has been expanded. That's the Underwater Lift Bag Operation Guidelines. So the expanded sections, they cover the purpose, precautions, definitions, responsibility, potential hazards associated with underwater lift bag operations, recommended ways to mitigate potential hazards associated with underwater lift bag operations, operational considerations when using underwater lift bags, application of lift bags, inspection and maintenance of said lift bags. Uh, section 6.7, uh, the manifold section, there's a new section covering the requirements for manifold and dive panels. Section 6.8, pressure reducing regulators, a new section covering the requirements of pressure reducing regulators. So these are smaller sections that are pretty quick reads if uh, if you can go through them. Uh, then 10.3 has been changed, uh, the compliance audits, this one says, for both the ADCI Diving Contractor Audit Report and ADCI Commercial Diver Training Audit Report, two new tables were added, one for manifolds and one for pressure-reducing regulators. There are nine items that fall under manifolds and four that fall under pressure-reducing regulators. So those are the changes in uh, between 6.3 and 6.4. So make sure you go ahead and uh, glance over it, read through it. And- and one last bit of news that's not uh, not really diver related, but you know, it's it's pretty funny. Had some news that came out of Texas. Evidently, a lawyer had a cat filter on during a live legal video conference. So I'm going to play that audio for you, but make sure you go check the video out. It, it's it's pretty hilarious,
1: Mister Ponton. I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to. Uh, uh. Say- We're trying to, can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It it is, and I
0: don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but
1: uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. I'm here live. I'm not a cat. I I can see that.
0: So that about does it for this chamber run. This chamber run was brought to you by Port Town Divers. Uh, Make sure you follow and like them on Instagram and check out their merch page. Got great t-shirts, great sweaters, mugs, and of course, stickers. We all love the stickers. And that being said, we got some stickers to give away. So when I post the airing of these episodes on Instagram and Facebook, reply to the post, I love Chamber Run. And the first five on Facebook will get stickers and the first five on Instagram will get stickers. And if you want to be a part of the, the Bottom Dwellers Dive Shack, drop me a line on our Instagram page or Facebook page. Or any other uh, social media that we're on. We've even got a little TikTok page going too. If you guys are interested. Silly videos. Uh, But anyhow. Look forward to the next one. And we'll hear from you soon. LB Diver out.